That's good, isn't it? I wish I was as smart as Jason Goodwin. That boy's intelligent, amen? That was good, bro. I mean that. I'm not kidding. Thank you, Brother Mike. Thank you, uh, Brother Eric, for putting all this together. What a joy to be here. You know, it's fresh every time I preach. It's like, a, it's like the first time. Think, pastoring's not fresh, but preaching is. Yeah. And I'm thankful to be a part of this. This is wonderful. I used to, brother, when I uh, first started preaching, I, would, I, I used to say this. I want to do something monument worthy. In my ignorance, I would say that out loud. I want to do something that when I leave this world, there's a monument that said, Rule Cruz did it. As I grew in the Lord, I said, I want to do something with my life that will glorify God and nothing else. And sitting on the back row with my family today, I made a new commitment to not become a boring Brother Ron story. I don't want to do that, brother. And so I'm going to do my best not to bore you, Brother Ron, today. May God be glorified, amen. A lot of you don't know me. I'm the pastor of Calvary Baptist Church in Warren. Thank God for that opportunity. But my first ministry is on the back row back there. Thankful to have my family with me, my wife, our six children. And, and, they, and they mean the world to me. And I'm thankful, so thankful for them. Isn't there something unusual, just something unusual about a place when everything's about Jesus? And everything's about Christ. And I won't say I've learned it. I'll say I'm learning. I'm learning when everything's about Christ, that it makes no difference the situation you're in, whether you're hurting or it's pain, or there's a a time of sorrow or uncertainty, or you have questions and don't know what's going to happen next. When you come into a place, a meeting where everything is about Christ, there is peace because of grace. There is joy because of His grace. And I'm so thankful for that in my life. I'm thankful God through His grace has gotten me through times of hurt and pain and tragedy and uncertainty. And in in times I just didn't know what I was going to do next. I'm thankful for these kind of meetings. Praise the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 37, if you'll find your place in God's Word. It's an honor for me to be asked to be here today. And I pray that God will be glorified through these services. Ezekiel chapter 37. I want to preach on this subject this afternoon. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. While you're finding your place, my dad would have loved to have been here today. But he said, son, what are you preaching? I said, I'm going to preach a message called It's Not Over Yet. He said, well, maybe it'll be over before you get there. (laughs) Amen. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. Ezekiel 37, out of reverence for this precious, precious book, you stand with me as we read verse 1. God's Word. The Bible says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, there were many, very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, thou 
knowest. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this precious book. We thank you, Lord, most of all for Jesus Christ and his shed blood. God, I rejoice today in your grace. And I pray, God, today that the Holy Spirit of God will manifest himself in our services. God, I pray that he'll walk these aisles, convict our hearts, and we'll leave closer to you than we've ever been before, ready to be used of you. God, that people may be saved. Bless this time. Bless the hearer. Anoint the pulpit. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You be seated. It's not over yet. When I was 18 years old, God called me to preach and began to burn in me a sense of revival. I went to seminary and began to study the great revivals of the past, and I have wanted and longed for, and it has burned in me a desire to see a Holy Ghost-sent revival. It's been on my heart. It's been something that, that I just can't get over. I long for a revival. Church, let me say this today. We need revival. My church needs revival. America needs revival. I feel sure your church needs revival. We need a touch of God, a spiritual awakening. We need God to move and do something amazing. We need to see God, amen? See the hand of God. There are so many claims in the church today, but very little biblical evidence of the work of the Holy Ghost in the lives of people. So many claims, but very little, little evidence that God is at work in our churches. Once you meet Jesus, nothing compares to it. And you would give nothing for that relationship. No. You would trade nothing for it. And you would give everything and anything to have the relationship you have with Christ Jesus. These claims, all, all these things we see. Well, and somewhere along the way, we've lost sight of that relationship. Somewhere along the way, we've lost sight about what it's really all about, and His name is Christ Jesus. The nation of Israel here was to be a light to the nations. The nation of Israel was to be a light to the people around them. God gave them something. God gave them truth. God gave them the prophets. God gave them the word. God gave them truth. And the message was the same then as it is now. You can know God and there is one God. And you can know Him through the shedding of a blood sacrifice. They had truth. And somehow thinking they could do it on their own. Lost sight of that truth. And compromised. There's a warning to the church today. A warning to me, a warning to you, to us who make up the body of Christ in the church of a living God. Somewhere in that selfishness, somewhere in worldliness, churches have seemed to have lost the power and the presence of the living God. We need revival. We need revival. We need the power of the Holy Spirit, the moving power of God to do something in our lives. When the Holy Spirit is at liberty to work, God changes people. In 1 Chronicles chapter 14, David is faced with the Philistine army. He's just been anointed king. He, and they're on their way and David does something amazing. 
The Bible says he inquired of God. He got down on his knees as a man after God's own heart. He got down on his knees as a man who was passionate about God, who had it more together at that point in his life than many other people we read about in the Word of God. He said, God, what would you have me to do? I read that and I said, David, an army's coming after you. David, you're king. Go to battle. No, David said, God. What would you have me to do? And God said, go, for I will give them into your hand. And the Bible says, David smote them there. And he called the name of that place, Baal Perazim. And that means the place where God breaks out. I said, I want to rename my church to, to Calvary Baal Perazim Baptist Church, the place where God breaks out. Where God is free to move. Where God is at liberty to do whatever it is that God sees fit to do in the heart of a man, in the heart of a woman, in the heart of a boy, in the heart of a girl that God may accomplish His purposes and His work in the life of His church. Church, that's what we need. I need to so position myself with a true gospel in such a way that the Holy Spirit of God can work through me. See, when the Holy Spirit is at liberty to work, people will be moved out of complacency and meet God right where He is. And I believe it's going to take a God-called man. The Bible says in verse 1 that the hand of the Lord was upon me. I don't know what you call that, but I call it spirit-filled. God uses people. I've been trying to figure that one out for a long time. And I don't know why God chose to use me, but I want to thank Him for it. It's God's way, amen? It's not my way or yours. I was talking to a lady today from West Virginia at the Holiday Inn. And we disagreed on Bible truth because she asked me what I was doing. And I said, I'm going to preach today. And I was excited. And I said, I hope I get to go first so I don't have to follow a good one. And, 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 and she was telling me about what she believed. And I said, listen, we don't agree, but that's okay. Because it makes no difference what you think or what I think. Only what God says matters. Your opinion doesn't matter. My opinion doesn't matter. It's God's way. Uh, what He says, that's it. That's all that matters. I can be wrong, but God's still right. It's God's way. I'm talking about a man who will believe God, take Him at His word, not quit, won't give up. Ezekiel was that man. Surrender to be used to God, willing to let God work in his life. He was called to it. The hand of the Lord was upon me, called by God, filled with the Spirit. Well, that's what I want, oh God, to learn to be filled with the Spirit of God. I want to remind you it's not what man does before I go too far, but it's what God does. God brings change. The Spirit brings change to the church of the living God. We need people with a sense of calling. People who will serve God when things are going wonderful and when things are awful. People say, I won't give up and won't quit and I'm going to stand flat-footed and tell the truth no matter what you think. I'm not a genius. I'm not. I've had to work for everything in my life. I've had to work hard. And in my limitations, I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced when I was 18 years old, God called me to preach. Not for a season, but for my lifetime. Yeah. 
We need more than a decision that burns out over time. We need to surrender life. For too long we have made decisions that didn't last. Listen to me church. All a decision will ever produce is another decision. If we're not producing disciples, we won't produce more disciples. No one ever accidentally stumbles into holiness. No one ever wakes up one morning and says, you're not going to believe it, but today I woke up with the mind of Christ. No, no one accidentally walks into that. No, it's taught by God, trained by God, from the Word of God. It's God that does it. It's God that reveals it. It's, it's through the sanctification process of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit that I ever, ever get an inkling of understanding what holiness is in my life. Oh God, would you send the power of the Holy Spirit to get a hold of us, to lead us into a lifestyle of holiness. It seems like sometimes all the church is is a place full of whining and complaining. Guys, I'm telling you. I tell you what, brother, I may never pass this way again. Let me just unload the whole thing. <laughs> Pastor, why is that door locked? Pastor, how come I can't find a parking spot? I had to park on the other side of the church. I noticed this morning, Pastor, that the monitors on both sides of the pulpit weren't even. One was pushed further to the side than the other one. I came by the church the other day and you weren't here. I said, no, I was. I park around back so you won't know I'm here. <laughs> it seems like that's all we do in church. It seems like that's what church has become complaining to the ones who are trying to do something for the glory of God. Rather than sitting in a pew doing nothing, it's time to get up and do something for the glory of God. I love what Brother Maddox said last night when he said, I don't care what your spiritual gift is, just get up and do something for Jesus. We need a man, a man who's called, but I believe he needs to be an honest man. The Bible says in verse 2, and calls me to pass by round about and look at this and behold there were very many in the open valley and lo they were very dry very many and very dry they'd been there a while God called Ezekiel to a church where everyone was dead no life at all I'm being honest people don't want to cross they didn't want to get in the ark either they don't want to cross. They need it. But they don't know they need it. Living in sin, deceived by Satan, looking for satisfaction everywhere else, but in Christ Jesus, looking for satisfaction from this world everywhere except for where it comes from. We need the Holy Spirit to open the eyes and, and open our eyes and lead us to truth. But instead, we spend our time quenching the Spirit. Why don't we just confess it today as a body of believers? It's not about me. It's about Him. Why don't we confess it today? I will. Jesus Christ is Lord. And Satan is a defeated foe. Why don't we just confess it today? Just confess it. Be honest. Right now, I'm a nothing. God's everything. I'm nothing without Him. I'm everything with Him. Just confess it today. Be honest. 
honest before God. That's why the mother says, I, my son hasn't been in church for 20 years. He got saved when he was 8 years old. I'm thankful he's going to heaven. No! Be honest before God! Once you get Jesus, nothing compares to it. You'll do anything for that relationship. You'll know them by their fruits. Apple trees produce apples. And disciples of Jesus Christ produce fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, meekness, self-control. You bring me a leaf off a tree and you say, Brother Rule, what kind of trees this come from? I'll say, I don't know trees by their leaves. But you hand me an apple, bless God, I'll tell you it came from an apple tree. It's time we get honest before God. They were very dry. Very dry. It's been that way for a while. In need of revival. Ezekiel was also something else. He was also willing to learn. Look at this in verse 3. Bible says, and he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Look at that question. Can these bones live? Think about that question. And he answered and said simply this, I don't know, but I know the one that does know. I don't have to know, church, because I know the one that does know. And if he gets ready to let me know, then I'll know. Until then, I trust the one who knows to take care of me even when I don't know. Can these bones live? I don't know, but I, I know you know. I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to be teachable. I'm willing to let you tell me. Ezekiel said this, Thou knowest you know oh god i like that because i think it's that's what it's time i think it's time in the american church that we all take two steps back and say i don't know anymore but god does i don't know where to go anymore i don't know what direction to go in hey we're fooling ourselves if we think we got it all figured out this world around us is dying and going to a place called hell Churches are running less than they've ever run before. We're closing more every year than we've ever closed before. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. I don't know, God, but you know. I don't know what to do anymore, God, but I believe you know. Wow. I like that. I like that because that gives me confidence to keep going. I like that because that gets me up in the morning saying, I know my God knows. I like that because I say even in my limitations when I don't know what the next. And I'm gonna. I got church members here today, and I'm just gonna confess out loud. Sometimes as a pastor, I don't know what to do. Somebody say, Amen. I don't always know what to do. I don't always know what direction to go in. I don't always even know how to pray. Just remember what Jesus said. I know what you need more than you know what you need. I just trust Him at His word. I believe it's gonna take a man of God, but I also think it's gonna take the word of God. Verse 4, the Bible says this. Again, he said unto me, prophesy unto these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Well, nothing's going to change till we get focused on this book. 
Nothing's going to change till we get focused on the Word of God. Can I remind you of something? You, you may be here today, and you, you're, you're probably a Baptist since you're here, and you'll probably say, you know what, I've never seen a miracle. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you have your Bible today, you've seen a miracle. 66 books written over a period of 1,500 years, 40 different authors, not one word contradicts another. It's a miracle. You're holding it in your hand. The Holy Word of God. It's precious. It's infallible. It's inspired. It's God-breathed. It came from Him. You want to know Him? It's right here. You won't find Him anywhere else. It's right here in this book. There's no letter coming from heaven. He's not going to write it in the sky. No, it's right here. You want to know God? It's right here. And nothing's going to change. Nothing will change until we get focused on the Word of God. Hear the Word of the Lord. God didn't say, let your positive thinking move your mountains. Y'all are killing me. No. You know what he told Ezekiel? Prophesy. Preach. Preach. Stand up and tell them how dry they are. Stand up and tell them how lifeless they are. Stand up and tell them they need Jesus. Stand up and tell them truth. There's no substitute for the preaching of the Word of God. Nobody likes music more than me. We sang this blood last night, and I shout, and that's what I do. When the Spirit of God moves over me, it just happens. I can't help it. I shout. Praise God. That's good stuff. Something in that song, let that liquid glory flow. I get excited. Hallelujah. And I want to run. Some people don't. My wife will never shout. She won't, but I'll see a tear well up in her eye. Well, the Spirit of God gets to move. I like music. I do, but there is no substitute for the Word of God. When Moses had his back up against the wall at the Red Sea and Pharaoh breathing down his neck, he didn't sing Amazing Grace. No, he said, everybody stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in one accord as they faced the fire said, our God is able to deliver us. When Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he did not sing. He quoted his own book. Nothing will change without the Word of God. No Bible, no revival, no Bible, no salvation. The Word builds faith that restrains our flesh. And my favorite, it sends the armies of hell in retreat. We need preachers who will stand flat-footed, call sin, sin. By the way, if you're one of those manby-pamby, lost, but religious church people who doesn't think the gospel is offensive, sitting in a pew can't take much preaching, it's time to get saved so you can get out of God's way and join Him in what He's doing. The Word demands to be heard. It demands to be believed. So I say this today. Preach to dead folks. Preach. I refuse to give up. I won't be satisfied with anything less than a Holy Ghost sent revival. If he can raise dry bones and give them new life, he can bring new life to your home today. Amen. Bible in verse 5 says this, Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. Praise God. I love that because that's what happened to me. I was dead in my trespasses and sins. Hallelujah. But the Holy Spirit of God breathed life on me, and I was alive for the very first time. I went to a cross, brother. I've been to Calvary. I got set free. I understood 
for the first time what it was to set the captives free. I was loosed. Hallelujah. I got a new future. I'll never put one toe in a place called hell. I got Jesus. And when I got Him, I got the whole thing. I'm still excited. I'm still on fire. Sometimes it gets quenched. But the Word of God always gives me strength. I'm not hoping things are going to get better in our country. The talk is it's too late for America. Have you heard that? We're too far gone. Folks just aren't going to come to church. The day we live in is just not happening. I'm not going to hope things will get better. I'm going to believe God that he'll send revival. I'm going to trust God for it. We need the Spirit of God to work in our lives. Verse 7, look at this. The Bible says, So I prophesied and I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. That reminds me of a mighty rushing wind we see in Acts chapter 2. There was a noise and behold a shaking and the bones came together bone to his bone. Well, I love it when the Spirit of God shows up. There was a noise. I tell my folks, at Calvary all the time. Listen, there's 175 of us in here today. I'm a shouter. Some, some are criers, but there ought to be 175 different expressions of praise coming out of Calvary Baptist Church. When the Spirit of God moves, you ought to move. Amen. There was a shaking. People started coming to life. Bones coming together. You know what the biggest problem we face today is? is we're not on the same page. We're not all on the same page. How are we going to get together? How are we going to get to the same place? Well, it's going to take the Spirit of God. Amen? I really believe this. I really believe this. I, I really believe the only way we'll ever get on the same page is, is that me and you have the same mind, and that's the mind of Christ. Amen. And until then, we'll never be on the same page. We need the mind of Christ. The Bible goes on to say there was no breath in them. Look in verse 8. I love this. I'm going to try to wrap this up. I want you to hear this. This is good. The Bible says, And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. We accomplish nothing without the Spirit of God. They look like Christian, but they didn't have the Holy Spirit. Let's look at verse 9. I want to make this point. And then we're going to have an invitation. The Bible says, Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord, Come from the four winds, O breathe, and breathe upon the slain, that they may live. And look at this. So I prophesied as he commanded, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood up on up, excuse me, stood up upon their feet, and exceeding great army a revived people wow it's not over yet no it's not over yet because God's still on his throne it's not over yet because God's still in control today it's not over yet because he knows best we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus our Lord we need revival we need God to do what God did in this valley. 
in our hearts today. When I was 20 years old, 20 or 21, I was in Bible college in Hendersonville, North Carolina. And my mentor's name was Kenneth Ridings, one of the best expository preachers of the Word of God I've ever heard to this day. He went on to be with the Lord. And I used to hear people, and I was so confused, so messed up. I, I came from a great Christian home, but I, there's not a preacher in my family. And I, and I just didn't have that person that I needed to call on the phone and say, Hey, I need you to, to explain something to me. But Dr. Kenneth was that guy for me. And I asked him when I said, I said, Brother, these folks are talking about hearing from God. I said, I... I'm preaching on Sundays, and I don't know what he's talking about, hearing from God. He said, 4.30 this afternoon. 4.30 this afternoon, meet me in the parking lot. Okay. I said, man, I'm going to get some wisdom, you know. This man's going to teach me. I got in his car, and about three or four miles away was the top of one of those Blue Ridge Mountains out there in Hendersonville, North Carolina. He drove me to the top of that thing. He set me out on a stump and turned around and left. What he said was this. Read this passage until you hear from God. I want to praise the Lord for that day. It was August. It was hot on that stump. And as dark fell, I said, I wonder if he's coming back. And I seen that you drove up a mountain, I'm sure you... I seen the headlights begin to wrap that mountain on his way back up. And when he got there, I was a different person than I was when he dropped me off because I heard from God. Guys, we're in need. We're, we're in a time where we need to hear from God. I'm going to challenge you today during invitation, would you? Would you just find that altar wherever it is, whether it's right here in a pew out in your car or beside your bed. I don't care where it is. And just say, God, I'm staying right here until I hear from you. God, I need to hear from you. God, that's what we need. God's people hearing from God. Wow. Let's stand together. Heads bowed, eyes closed.